Welcome to Pediatric Insights, Advances and Innovations with Children's Health. I'm Scott Webb. And today we're discussing Bowhunter Syndrome with Dr. Bruno Braga. He's a pediatric neurosurgeon at Children's Health and an assistant professor of neurological surgery and pediatrics at UT Southwestern. Doctor, I'm eager to have you tell us about advancements in diagnosing bow hunters, but before we get there, can you provide an explanation about what bow hunter syndrome is and what causes it? So bow hunters is when um, you turn your head and that causes symptoms like uh, you're having a stroke. So that's most commonly in adults. It happens usually in the vertebral arteries. These are uh, two arteries that go on the side of your neck and supply the back of the brain. In contrary to the carotid arteries, which are more famous, yeah, that run just in front of the neck on the side, but in front of the vertebral arteries that supply the front and most of the brain. So in bow hunters, if you turn your head to the side, depending how much you turn, you occlude one of the vertebral arteries, but because they join in the middle to form another artery called basilar artery, when you turn your head, like if you were normal, nothing happens. But if you have a disease in one of the arteries, because you just close the other one by turning your head, then you have low supply of blood to the brain, and that may cause uh, problems, and uh, it would be the symptoms like uh, you are having a stroke. So, doctor, what's your process in making a diagnosis? Yeah, so in children, the clinical picture is a little different, so they don't present with these temporary symptoms when they turn their heads. So they usually present already with symptoms of a stroke. So stroke in the back of the head is different than stroke in the other parts of the brain. So uh, stroke in the back of the head, they usually cause vertigo, headaches, imbalance, feeling that you think you're going to faint. If a patient has that, he goes to the hospital and they're going to be worked up for stroke and they usually find a stroke if the patient type of syndrome. So once they find this stroke in the back of the brain, then we have to look for the cause of the stroke. And if it is bowel hunter, they're going to find some tearing in one of these vertebral arteries. And what we found in our study was that this is typically at the level of the second cervical vertebrae. And that artery of those people who have bowel hunter, they usually have this typical configuration with a very acute turning of the vessel. So when the person turns their neck, that turning with time is going to cause wear and tear of the artery, which eventually leads to the tearing, to the dissection that causes the stroke. So once we find the dissection of the vertebral artery, which was the cause for the posterior stroke, then we have to think about bow hunter. There's no diagnosis of bow hunter yet. Then in these children, we have to do this special kind of test called a rotational angiogram or dynamic angiogram where we inject contrast in the groin and uh, check for the 
blood uh, circulation uh, in the brain and in the neck. And while we're doing that, we turn the patient's head from side to side. So if we turn the head to the side opposite to where he had the dissection and the artery is closed there at the site of the dissection, then that's the diagnosis of Baumhunter. Yeah, and you mentioned the study uh, that you did. So I want to have you talk about the research that you've done to provide this innovative care to pediatric patients who are facing this diagnosis. This is a very rare syndrome in kids. So our literature reviewed showed that there were approximately uh, 45 patients who have had this reported and described. So we started looking into those uh, more carefully. And so now every patient that we have that presents to the ED with a symptom of posterior stroke and are found to have a dissection in the vertebral artery at this level of C2, we do this dynamic angiogram. And with that, we're able to find many more patients than, than ever with this Bauhunter, which we can call as well dynamic compression in vertebral artery dissection because it's a little different than adults. We found 11 patients who had stroke dissection at this specific segment, and then on the dynamic angiogram, they were found to have narrowing of the artery at that specific level, therefore confirming the diagnosis of Bauhunter. So the treatment can be done a few different ways. So you can put the patient in a collar in the way you avoid neck rotation. And initially, because they just had the stroke, you put them on heparin, you give them anticoagulants. But of course, it's not feasible to have active children with a brace in their necks and on anticoagulation for a long time. So the alternative to that is to do decompression. So you would remove bone or soft tissue around the artery to avoid the dissection, or you would do a fusion, which you put screws between the first and the second vertebrae, which is where most of that rotation occurs. That way you avoid the internal rotation. It's like you, have, you put an internal brace, so that movement no longer happens, and then the artery heals, and it's no longer compressed by turning off the head. So when these kids turn their heads, they can still turn them, but not at that level. So the vessel, the vertebral artery, is not compressed, so it doesn't tear again, causing a further stroke. Yeah, I have kids, and you're so right. Picturing my kids having to wear a collar for a long period of time, that's just not going to work, right? So as you say, it's a short-term solution, but long-term, you and the team there you know, have other methods to try. And I want to talk about your team. Uh, I know you provide multidisciplinary care to patients, which does set you apart from other health systems. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that multidisciplinary care that you offer and how it really makes patients' lives easier? It always starts in the emergency department. So our uh, emergency physicians, they are the ones who think about the initial diagnosis of stroke when they have these children presenting with the fainting, the 
imbalance, headache, vomiting, or vertigo. So after that, once they order the test and think about a stroke, the neurologist is called. This patient, if he's diagnosed with a stroke, he's going to go to the ICU. So we have the intensive care team helping this child. Then if the dissection is identified at that level, this patient is going to need that rotational angiogram, which is done by our neuroradiology team. Actually, we have a specialized neurosurgeon who is also a pediatric vascular surgeon. So he does those studies for us. And then the children, to undergo that study, they need special anesthesia. So we have specialized pediatric anesthesia. And then once the diagnosis is made, then we, the neurosurgeons, together with the radiologist and the neurologist, are going to think about what's the next you know, step in the treatment for this patient, whether or not he's going to need surgery. We have here a center, and we meet once monthly, and we discuss all these cases. It's good care that these children receive. And we know each other, and we're always talking and discussing cases in order to provide what we think is the best. Yeah, I just love that team approach. And a really fascinating topic today. Dr. Sweep, wrap up here today. Anything else you want to tell people about Bowhunter Syndrome? Since we began doing this dynamic angiogram for these children, we've identified more patients. I think the take-home point here is that if you have a child with posterior stroke and they are found to have a vertebral artery dissection as a cause for the stroke, they need the dynamic angiogram in order to be able to do that diagnosis of bow hunters. As I said in the beginning, we reviewed the literature and found 45 cases of bow hunter in children. And about a half of them had the strokes that recurred because the diagnosis was not made. So those patients did not undergo the dynamic angiogram. So they were treated as having a stroke for no apparent cause. And then, because they were moving their heads, still they had another stroke. Since we began doing this protocol with our patients, we've had no uh, recurrent stroke. And that's very good because, you know, a secondary stroke can be more serious, even more serious than the first one. Yeah, and uh, my takeaway today is really about that dynamic angiogram and how critical that is and what an advancement that is. Because as you've explained here today, for all intents and purposes, these patients are going to present and appear to have had a stroke, and they did, but really it's a question of what caused the stroke. So, doctor, thanks so much for your time today, and you stay well. Thank you. You too. And thank you for tuning in to Pediatric Insights. You can find out more information at children's.com slash neurosurgery.